Welcome to the Loft Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message and that it ignites in you a hunger for more of God's presence in your life. You know, they tell you that you're supposed to do icebreakers, so I got an icebreaker tonight. Is that okay with everybody? All right, so you know how prices are going up gas and prices in food and all that stuff, correct? The real shocking one is the prices of chimneys. They're going through the roof. I got that from Willie over here. You guys got to get to know Cindy and Willie because it's cool. But anyway, so that's my icebreaker. How was it? Did I do it okay? There we go. See, I got thumbs up. We're good. Anyway, so I'm praying about this sermon. So it's like people kept telling me, you shouldn't, I'm not sure you should be here tonight because your knees hurt. And this is like, well, my mouth is still working. And hopefully I can connect that to the Holy Spirit and, and, and I want to pray about that. Father, we just come before you. We ask that your Holy Spirit, your anointing be here tonight. That as I speak, that it's your words, not mine. And Father, just bring your presence into this room tonight. We say this in your son's name. Amen. So I'm preaching. We've been preaching on our cultures of the church. And one of the cultures is relationship. And uh, when you read the culture on our website... First four words that precedes it. In fact, Jack wrote a book about it. It's the highest priority in heaven. Amen. And so God struck me this week and said, okay, what are, you, what are we willing to give up for that? Now, the definition of relationship is state of being connected. And so that tells me it's not just something you're thinking about something you need to do. If we're going to be connected, we need to be working at that situation. Amen. Um, I got some script. I'm going to have a lot of scripture tonight. Is that okay with everybody? All right. Just so we know, because, you know, we don't believe anything but the scripture. Hello. So uh, I want you to turn to Luke chapter 15, verse 11. We're going to start in verse 11. Let me know when you get there. As the phones come out, I remember when we used to, you know, when I used to preach at my church, it would just annoy the heck out of me. People be on their phones. It's like, well, we're reading scripture. I go, no, you're not. You're texting. And now, now everybody's got their phone because the scriptures. On my, I even have scripture on my phone, but I actually wrote it down. So how many is there? Amen. Okay. So starting in verse 11, and he said, a man had two sons. The younger of them sold, said to his father, Father, give me the share of the estate that falls to me. So he divided his wealth between them. And not many days later, the younger son gathered everything together and went on a journey into a district country. And there he squandered his estate on loose living. Verse 14 now, when he had spent everything, a severe famine occurred in the country, and he began to improvise. So he went and hired himself out as one of the citizens of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed the swine. And he would have gladly filled his stomach with the pods that the swine were eating, and no one was giving any, as no one was giving anything to him. But when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired men have more than enough bread? But I am, 
I am dying here in hunger. Verse 18, I will get up and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hired men. So he got up, came to his father, but while he was still a way off, his father saw him and felt compassion for him and ran and embraced and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. The father said to his slaves, quickly bring out the best robe and put it on him and put the ring on his hand and sandals of his feet and bring the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For the son of mine that was dead has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. And they begin to celebrate. Verse 25. Now the older son was in the field and when he came and approached the house, heard the music and dancing, and he summoned one of the servants and began inquiring what these things could be. And he said to him, your brother has come and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has received him back safe and sound. But he became angry and was not willing to go in. And his father came out and began pleading with him. And he answered and said to the father, look, for so many years I have been serving you and I have never neglected a command of yours. And yet you have been given, you have never given me a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came and has devoured your wealth with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. He said to him, son, you have always been with me and all that is mine is yours. Verse 32, and we celebrate and rejoice for this brother of yours was dead and has begun to live and lost and has been found. So that's a relationship. That's, that's a father having a relationship with his son. Now, God challenged me this week and says, what are you willing to give up for relationship? The first one I came to was I was willing to give up being right. You notice why the older son struggled with this because he was not willing to give up being right. Okay, sometimes, you know, I've heard so many people in, in the past say, well, you know, you know, the gospel says this, the gospel says this, and they're defending the gospel. Well, the gospel's been around for a long time doesn't need you defending it, doesn't need me defending it. Now, I want you to know, I'm speaking for myself. This is what God touched me with this week. And so I'm preaching based on what God is working in me. And so if, if this doesn't agree with you, then listen to the Spirit, amen? So, but it says, what am I giving to, I give up being right. Because as I've, I've been here, I've been alive for a while now, almost Social Security age, almost, don't get ahead of yourselves. Um, But I've been around enough that, you know, people will stand on being right and they will lose relationship because they're so adamant about being right. And even in our scripture, there's another scripture that I want to read that confirms this. This is the way Jesus handled being right, amen? And in John chapter eight, verse one through 11, it says, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives 
Early in the morning, he came again into the temple, and the people were coming to him, and he sat down and began to teach them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery, and having set her in the center of the court, they said to him, teacher, this woman has been caught in adultery in the very act. Now, when you see that scripture, how many question the fact that there wasn't a man along with her? I, I, I've always thought that I'd go, where's the guy? You know, it's like, okay, something's going on. Now, the law of Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. When, what then do you say? And they were saying this, testing him so that they might have grounds of accusing him. But Jesus stooped to the ground with his finger and wrote on the ground. Now, there's many things in that scripture of writing on the ground. What did he write? And I've always felt he wrote the names of all the guys who had been spending time with her. That was just my opinion. That's, but, you know, that makes sense to me. Anyway, that's a rabbit trail. Let's not go down there. But when, he, when they persisted in asking him, he straightened up and said to them, he who is without sin among you, let him throw the first stone at her. And again, he stooped down, wrote on the ground. When they heard it, they began to go out one by one, beginning with the older ones. And he was left alone with the woman where she was at the center. Straightening up, Jesus said to her, woman, where are where are they? Did no one condemn you? She said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said, I do not condemn you either. Go, and from now on, sin no more. Now, some important things about that scripture. Number one, Jesus would have been right to have her stone, according to the law. Now, a lot of people have bent my ear about this scripture, saying, well, she, she was in sin. And you notice something here with Jesus. He understood she was in sin, and what did he do? He encouraged her, not with the law, not with being right, but with an understanding, listen, you can do better than that. And if we are, as a Christians, going to communicate to people about relationship, we gotta be willing not, not to be right and stand on the righteousness of what we think is right. We have to go to the word. Even Jesus, when he was preaching in this situation, knowing that they were testing him, he didn't stand on, right, on, what, on being right. He wouldn't allow anybody else to stand on right because there was a higher level here. The higher level was forgiveness. That's what he came for. The higher level was is he said, I do not condemn you either. Go from now on and sin no more. What's he speaking? Listen, I, I saw that you sinned. It's okay. You know, we have the sinful nature, but you can, you can do something better. And if we as Christians are gonna communicate to people in the world, we gotta let them know, listen, you can do something better. You don't have to be right in people's faces so they don't understand what the love of God is. Amen. The second thing that I'm willing to give up is the right to hurt you for hurting me. I got to be able to do that. That's what real forgiveness is. In Luke 23, 33 to 34, it says, when they came to the place called the skull and they crucified him and the criminals, one on right, one on the left, but Jesus was saying, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. 
And what is that scripture saying? You know, if if you have never read what um, being crucified is, it's it's a horrendous, horrendous death they put you through. And Jesus was a man, and he was hurting, but he chose and said, God, you know what? Don't hurt them because they're hurting me. We as a society and as a Christian, as a church, as a big church, we need to learn that when somebody hurts you, you don't have to hurt them back. And if we value relationship, then, then we look towards that more than we look towards getting back at somebody. Amen? Everybody have any disagreements so far? Nope, don't see any. Amen. So, and the third thing that God showed me was I gotta be willing to give up my heart to God to, to keep my relationship. What do I mean by that? I mean, in Ephesians, let's, let's read Ephesians. If, do I wanna go there yet? Hang on a second. Yes, for this, in, in uh, chapter three, verse 14, for this reason I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power through his spirit of the inner man so that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith and that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what it is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know love of Christ, which expresses all knowledge that you may be filled up with all the fullness of God. So when I, when I talk about allowing God to be in your heart, it's all those areas you don't want him in. It's all those trigger areas. It's, it's the places, because you know, I, I I've, I've been to a counselor, and you know the first thing the guy said to me? You have a lot of triggers. And I go, well, thank you very much, you know. But what I find out about triggers is, is when you get triggered by somebody, especially in a relationship, uh, my, my wife will tell you that she has triggered me quite a few times in our marriage. And we've only been married 10 years, so just to let you know. Um, but when I get triggered, not only does she face the, my... Um, emotions and all the stuff involved in what she, what she, at that moment, but she faces all the emotion and the wrath from when I was triggered. And so she's getting the double portion of me being angry and me being upset. And um, that's why God wants us to those places because how many of you know that God is, is, is the master physician? Um, I just... Less than three years ago, I went back to um, Virginia. Thank you. My brother had suffered. He had found out he had three clogged arteries, and they did a triple bypass. So the surgeon went in, cut new holes in his heart, and attached arteries to it to, to bypass all the other arteries that were clogged. And so... This, and so my, you know, we, we saw him right after the surgery. He's really weak, but he, you know, today he's, he does more today than he did a long time before. I said, how do you feel? And he says, I feel a whole lot better. Why? Because his blood is pumping. And God would t- say to you spiritually, 
your blood's not pumping. If you're hanging on to those trigger areas and not allowing the, the master physician to take his scalpel and cut the stones out and allow you to heal. If you don't let God into every place, if you're not willing to let God into every place, you're going to wreck and ruin relationships. And it's important that we, we learn that because if you're still wounded, if you're still dealing with things, how do you expect to have a relationship with somebody new if you haven't dealt with those things before? Amen? Well, as Shelly will tell you, I, I preach short, so I have a conclusion. Here we go. Um, in my conclusion, what I want to say is a lot of people will tell you that, you know, and I can't say the words that were told me, but I can say this. Your piece is a poo. Well, I, I, I don't want to say the S word, okay, unless you guys are okay with that. And nobody's, everybody's shaking No, 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 we're not okay. But Mike's back there going, come on, bring it, you know. But, but, you know, it was described like your pieces of poo. Yeah, that's, that's Luann's word for... Okay, thank you. I, I, thank you. Thank you for the interpretation. Anyway, so that's what people want to communicate to you. And how are you supposed to have a relationship if that's the way you feel about yourself? What kind of relationship can you have if that's what you think. And everybody says, well, just look in the mirror, see what God sees. A lot easier said than done. Amen? I want to give you a scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. But thanks be to God who always leads us in triumphant in Christ and manifests through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. For we are the fragrance of Christ God among those who, who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To one, the aroma of death to death, to the other, aroma of life to life. And who is adequate for these things? For we are not like many peddling the word of God as, but as from sincerity, sorry, but as from God, we speak Christ in the sight. So you might say, what is my wife for the night? And that is, you wanna be the aroma of God. As, as Paul depicts in 2 Corinthians. I, I don't want to, to be honest with you, I'm tired of being the poo. You know, I, I, as, and, and, in, and in my notes, right, I says, we are not pieces of poo or, and we do not stinketh. Luann says, what's that word? I said, that's, that's, old, that's old Testament, or that, not Old Testament, King's James Version, you don't stinketh. Amen. And, and I think what's important is we, need, we as Christians need to learn, listen, we don't stinketh anymore. You know what, why? Because we have Christ. And if we will give up things that God has asked us to give up to have relationship. See, this isn't just relationship with you and I. This is a relationship with him. And that's first and foremost. The reason why it's the highest priority in heaven is because our relationship with God comes, comes before everything. You know, I can, I can look at my wife and say, she'll say, am I number one in, your, in you? I go, no. I said, God is. You're number two, though. So that's cool. I have another scripture. Jenner, uh, why are you laughing? 
Okay. And we got some laughter. That's what we need. And then God said, let us make man in our own image. The reason why you're not who is because we're created in God's image. God doesn't create anything bad. God doesn't create anything crappy. So when he created you, you were created in his image. And, 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 and he never creates anything that's crappy. And a relationship, when he creates a relationship between him and you and between you and somebody else, that's not crappy either. The only reason it becomes that way is because we're not willing to give up those things for that relationship. So when God speaks to you and says, I want a relationship with you, what are you going to say to him? And he says, you've got to give up this, this, and this. How, how, how are we going to handle that? We, we, need to, we need to be honest with God. Listen, I, you know, I, I remember back in my life when I was so mad at God, I, there was no way I wanted a relationship with him. In fact, I think I've shared it many times. I, I came to church at One by One with Jack, and every time from the pulpit, he said, and God is good all the time. And I'm going, B.S. And and that was my heart. Why? Because I didn't want a relationship with God. I was mad at God because he took my wife before Luann and with, with cancer for five and a half years, and I was just angry. My kids were angry um, because that wasn't the way it was supposed to happen. But God chose differently. And I had to learn to give up that anger, give up my right, my right to be right, and say, you know what? You're in control, not me. And I will give this up to have that relationship with you. And today, I can tell you, uh, I don't always do it right in my relationships with people. I mess up big time. And, you know, quite, well, I won't say quite often, but I have my moments. But in my relationship with people in this church, I would give up anything to keep our relationship. That's what's most important to me. And, and I think that's what God wants from us. Amen? It's not about being right. It's not about being angry or hurt. It's about relationship. That's why we have it as one of our cultures. Amen? That's all I got to say. If you were inspired by today's message, be sure to hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcast. For more information about The Loft or for gathering times and locations, you can check out our website at www.theloftnw.org or find us on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you'll join us again next time.